By now, you are very likely aware that Star Wars in Character and the NeoZaz.com podcast network are completely listener-supported, and you probably know that most of that support comes from our Patreon campaign. For 2020, we are looking to expand our support options and offer even more to our supporters for everything that they do to keep this show going and everything we do online. Over on our Patreon campaign, we have an exclusive series covering The Mandalorian. That's available to everybody at every pledge level on Patreon. Along with that, we've now added a one-time donation support option at neozaz.com. And for any donation of $2 or more, we are offering an instant download of one of our prior exclusive episodes of Stars and Character. For the months of January and February 2020, we are offering our episode Dengar, which was originally recorded as a fundraiser for the materials, supplies, shipping cost of everything we needed to launch the Artmore project. To find out more about this one-time donation option and get the thank you gift of the Dengar episode, visit neozaz.com and check on the right-hand side of the page for the January-February 2020 donation drive graphic. And if you want to find out more about our Patreon campaign and the exclusive Mandalorian series we have going along with Swick Extra Minutes and other releases that come out through the years, check out that campaign at patreon.com slash neozaz. This is Star Wars in Character, the podcast that takes a closer look at some of the elements that make up the Star Wars universe. Backstories, histories, and details you never knew, wanted to know, or ever need to know. Now here are this week's panelists of Star Wars in Character. Hello and welcome to this crossover of Star Wars and Character with Best of Fives. Best of Fives, Fives, Fives. Now, I'm saying this right off the bat. We are, Tim, we are joined with somebody who's so hard to get in contact with, do a <laughs> podcast with. <laughs> Special. This, he, well, he's, he's, he's hard to get on our podcast, but apparently he's on every episode of the other Best of <laughs> other best of fives, it seems. I don't know. I was. But, uh, you guys, you guys got about five more minutes. We got to wrap this up, okay? <laughs> yeah. He used to do best of five five minutes. Yeah, <laughs> best of fives minutes. <laughs> That's Dave. Hello, Dave. Hello, welcome. Uh, you know, I, I want to say thank you for having me on this one, and I also wanted to say thank you for not having me on the other ones <laughs> for, the, for the new stuff. You know, I, I really I appreciate you not having me on those more than asking me to be on this one. Well, I was happy when when Tim sent you a, a message today, and you replied back fast. You were like, "What do I gotta do?" I had a tear. <laughs> I had a little tear coming down. Really? I did. All right. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm happy to be here, and so, and, and equally happy that I wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's happy to come in, just like just like Star Wars midway through the series. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So what what this is, if if you guys haven't heard the other best of fives, I, I, we've been we've been doing all the movies uh, in order. We did the, the 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 actually in reverse order, I guess, kind of. We did the uh, the new the, the new Disney ones. We've done the the prequels, and now we're doing the original trilogy. and And the 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 reason we're doing these is just to. There's a lot of negative stuff going out there on the internet. A lot of people bitching and complaining about what they hate. And someone says something like about Star Wars, and then there's someone coming on saying you're a dick for liking that. 
and and basically Tim describes the internet. Yeah. <laughs> so a so basically Yeah, I mean really it's it's like I like something. Well, you're an idiot and a dick. <laughs> Don't like things. Yeah. So I, I basically I, I we we came up with this idea a few months ago. We've been doing it o- over time as as filler episodes when we don't have a, a, a Swick episode to release, and it's all just saying nice things about the movies we like, one movie at a time. So oh. as a s- <laughs> I, I didn't I didn't realize that's what this was. Thanks for having me. <laughs> all right, Dave, kidding. take care. So so this is this is all just keeping it positive, just saying things we like about s- Star Wars Episode Four. Ah. Uh, New Hope, <laughs> released in May of nineteen seventy-seven. What May twenty-fifth, right? Nineteen seventy-seven. So, how old in days were were you guys? <laughs> oh my god, I ain't doing man. But it came out May twenty-fifth, nineteen seventy-seven. Yeah. So Chris and I were just four. So you I, guys were yeah, because you're June and I'm July. We were you were you were like four and. Not even a month. I doubt I saw it when when at that age. I don't remember. I yeah, you did. Yeah, it's my first memory is going to see that movie. Jesus, yeah, I don't. I don't remember it. I'm not saying I didn't do it, but you know, my my mind's fucking mud. I was I was a year and almost. Uh, I was I was a year and almost four months when this came out, and this this was the first movie my parents brought me to. As a one-year-old, yeah, my parents were that those parents that brought a baby to an action movie. Um, so for, the, for those for those who go to the movies or work the movie theaters, you always see someone wheeling in a one-year-old, and you're like, oh, fuck. That baby should be in bed. Yeah. yeah. You used to say that all the time in the theater. Yeah. It, would be, it would be like, we, we would... You know the late shows at ten thirty, and someone would come in to see like some horror movie, and you'd be like, "Don't get your beer, bud. <laughs> Don't bring that baby to see Color of Night. <laughs> that little daffodil. Yeah, that guy, that kid's gonna ruin Hostel for everyone." <laughs> <laughs> but l- l- my parents brought me to the drive-in in uh, Claremont, New Hampshire. So if I did cry during that movie, I probably was asleep. But if I did cry in that movie, at least I was in the back of our uh, uh, station wagon. Studebaker. <laughs> I was trying to think. Of, I was trying to think of what it was. A Pontiac. It was some sort of Pontiac station wagon. I remember it had an eagle on the side of it, a silver eagle on the side of the eagle. Yeah. I can. I can imagine. I can imagine Tim's parents sitting there and enjoying and a nice a nice May night and then Tim starts crying and then and your and your dad's like great now we gotta roll up the windows and sweat because of this little bastard. And I start crying and then all of a sudden I, I take a I take a big liquidy baby shit. Oh shit now we <laughs> Can I can I ask like a serious question? I'm being serious here. I we Dave and I have kids. How old does breastfeeding stop? <laughs> what? How old like, do you think does breastfeeding stop? Do you stop breastfeeding? Uh, what is so it? The, I would say eight, I, now as as a person without a baby, I would say I would say eighteen months. So yeah, there's I a mean, chance that you could you, you would were breastfeeding during this movie time. <laughs> I was I was Jim Carrey and uh, <laughs> <laughs> are you and me, myself and Irene? Are you <laughs> asking <laughs> Tim if he was breastfed? Well, no, I wouldn't. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I was breastfed. So there's a chance that you were breastfeeding during A New Hope. I could have been feeding on a breast uh, during <laughs> the filming of the show. 
it's 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 entirely possible. Okay. I there I I I'm sure my brother doesn't know. He would have been there. If you press uh, that cuz he would have been he would have been sick. He would have been almost 7. My oh. sister would have been 2 years old. 2 2 years and change and then then me. So your so your mom is in is, is whipping her titty out and and the other kids are sitting there and and and, and your brother goes would you like butter flavoring with that <laughs> and little Tim you know got what? done and he went pass the booby pass the booby now uh, I I, my, I remember my mother would breastfeed in public I mean I don't think there's anything wrong with no that. there's not I just want to know if you suck some I, up. I mean, yes, but during that movie, I don't know. Uh, I remember being at Hershey Park. Do you guys remember the? You remember the big, um, uh, the the uh, the Ferris wheel, the big double sided Ferris wheel where it would go up in the air and spin around, and then would come down. And there, there were two Ferris wheels on it. Yeah, she breastfed you on that. She breastfed my younger sister on that. Oh my god, that's a milkshake. Yeah, we were, we were. I remember. I remember. We were on the thing, about, and and you, you on that you could spin it around, but she's like, "Don't spin it." And it's, I just remember like my, 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 my you sound, younger sister. You sound like Roger Murtaugh. Don't spit. <laughs> Don't spit it. That it's funny because now every time Tim watches a Star Wars movie, he has this like subconscious need for like half and half or something <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah, I'm constantly. I pull out a little bottle. Oh my! My 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 teeth are all rotted from forty years of <laughs> sucking on a bottle. When you guys go to the movies and see Star Wars movies together, Chris, do you have to burp him afterwards? <laughs> <laughs> I will now. Come on, Timmy. <laughs> I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> I spit up. I spit up a lot. This is, so, exciting. this is exciting. So what we're doing is we're is each of us we're be- yeah the breastfeeding of fives. Um, <laughs> we, the, that's the B of the B. The breast, the breast of fives. Breast <laughs> of five. So what? What each of us we've we've each selected our top five aspects of Star Wars Episode Four: New Hope. Uh. And we're we're just gonna list them off, and that's it's it's all positive. It's a big love fest for the original Star Wars release. Yes. That and who else? I want Dave to go first. I want to hear his because his list is gonna kick our ass, our, our list asses. Trust me. <laughs> no, it's not. Yes, it is. Your lists are always the top shit. Ah. <laughs> Chris is like Han Solo, Han Solo, Han Solo's pants, Han Solo's boots, Han Solo's socks, which you never see. So it's, I don't know if it's well, canon. That's all. And- that that's my five. And brawless Leia. This little Han Solo's piggy. <laughs> yeah, they watched the movie downstairs. <laughs> when we, we, we all the way home. I will go first if okay. you'd like. Please. And I, I have prepared this in a very positive way because I, uh, I do say a lot of negative things about stars, but I will not say that about any of the original trilogy because I guess I'm a purist or whatever and people talk shit about me online and I don't care. So I'm going <laughs> to say... I'm going to only say positive things because this is my wheelhouse. Because I believe uh, that anybody our age, and I think I can say this for all the panelists of stories and character, that our lives were improved by the existence of Star Wars. And I feel like Star Wars taught me a lot. And I kind of went at it as the things that Star Wars taught me. And my number five then would be Star Wars teaching me 
what it means to have tension in a movie and what it means to have drama in a movie. Things that I would judge all movies afterwards with. And the example of that is the trash compactor scene. Mm. I remember that that's my number five, the trash compactor scene, because when you're four and even as you watch it as a grown up, it's one of those scenes that gets you on the edge of your seat and gets your adrenaline pumping and puts a pit in your stomach because when you're four, you don't understand that they're all going to survive and they've signed a three picture deal. You don't know that shit when you're little. You think they're in real peril. And I remember that feeling as those walls are closing in and I think I am a little bit claustrophobic and and getting like a physical reaction to that scene from then all the way till now um and it's just a great scene from the hallway shootout Hans screamed down the tra- d- down the shoot and uh the entire scene as it plays out until they are almost squashed I I think that that tension in in that scene is something that I love in movies, and it's probably where I learned it. So that's my number five. See, I told you, <laughs> Dave list list is the shit. But I, I'm going next because I feel like Dave. That Wait, bef- bef- before yes. you go next, okay. This is something that I don't think we've ever talked about. In, in the trash compactor scene, most of it is like metal and stuff. But what what do you think the liquid is? Do you think that is Human waste? No, no. Like where, where, where would their, where would their, their, where would their bathroom waste go? Would that just get shot into space, or do you think it would go down into this? I don't think that they have plumbing like we think of, <laughs> and it was probably like in in space when our astronauts urinate they urinate in a bag and and they stick it in this thing and it's like i mean that's a that's a funny scene in apollo 13 where you know like it's like what does he say the constellation urine <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it just kind of sprays out in space i yeah i think those the the i, I obviously don't know <laughs> but i never assumed that that liquid was anything that was a a bio biological was like shit turned thought it was, piss yeah yeah like i thought it was like leftover water or oil or things that were used in lubrication for all that stuff that's down in there. Okay. Because I was thinking, like, when Luke goes under, he comes up, he's obviously got a little down in his lungs. I'm like, oh, God. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, God. It's stuck to his face a little bit, too, some pieces. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, it's like, it's like, that was, there's corn floating in there. (laughs) (laughs) But I guess if that Dianoga shits and pisses in that water, I guess there is some feces in there. Well, yeah. Chris raises a good point. Yes. (laughs) So it's not all just humanoid. It wouldn't, or it, it, it would be Dianogan. Yes. If, 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 if at all. Unless the Dianoga has a little like area goes through like <laughs> a little toilet somewhere, <laughs> which oddly the constellation like Dianoga Uranus. <laughs> well, I feel so. I, I'm like I'm all, I'm awesome because that's my number five too. Oh no way! I swear to God, I wrote I wrote that was one of the top ones I wrote down immediately, and that that's my number five because everything you said is is dead on. There's there's even like I'm watching I watched New Hope today. Just, just to, I don't know why, to refresh my memory or whatnot. There are a lot of jokes in this movie, more than I thought I, I remembered, I guess. Yeah. People, people bitch about, you know, the jokes in Rogue One and all the, these new movies. 
But there's a lot of jokes in on Han and Luke, a little bit joking, and Leia, you know, into the, the, the garbage pit fly boy, and the walking carpet, and everything. But that scene where Han just falls down there, and he's, like, screaming, and then he shoots the wall. Get out of the way. He's, like, so cocky. And the part that I laugh at every time is when 3PO thinks that they're fucking dead. <laughs> oh! That... Yeah. That part just cracks me up. Everything you said, Dave, all, all all the tension. I always watch that big metal bar that Han's holding up and watching it yeah. bend. Everything you said is just dead on. Yeah, it still it still gives me anxiety, I yeah. think. Even though I've seen that scene, I don't know, three hundred times in my life. I still get ang- I, I still get anxious watching yeah. it. And that that's the sign of good filmmaking. Yeah, and and I I think for the first time ever today I really saw like like the walls. I was looking, seeing them start to form and start crushing everything, just start getting pushed in the middle. It's like that. I was I told Luke today. I was like, you know, for being made in seventy five, seventy six, whatever. God, I still got it. Everything that you're watching, look at these effects and this and the sets and the and the garbage and the Dianuga shit. Everything works. Mm-hmm. But that's <laughs> but the number five. And then he tell him, go make me a goddamn sandwich. And then he, he actually, him. you know what? He fucking, he did one lunch. I'm hungry. I said, they, I said, oh, we have cheese. All right. So I made him, we made cheese and mustard sandwiches. Today. <laughs> I love a good cheese and mustard sandwich. Yeah. yeah. I had like five or six slices and, and mustard. And t- Was it yeah. cold? You didn't even like grill it? You didn't do it? No, like, we, we like cold. Oh, God, no. No, I like, yeah. I like cold cheese and mustard sandwiches. Yeah. You can take that cold cheese and shove it straight up your asshole. You got to grill that stuff. <laughs> we didn't do that. At, we actually ate it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he, he did. He did want a sandwich. Okay. All right. What's yours, Timmy? Mine is um, now. This 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 isn't. I don't. I don't. I don't know how to really describe this. You know. You know, like um, the original trailer for the special edition, where it said right at the beginning. You know, for an entire generation, people only could yeah. experience Star Wars on the television, Small TV. and that was yeah. and that was me. So, because uh, I mean, I don't I don't remember seeing it in the theater. I, I was there, but I don't remember it. So, my entire viewing of Star Wars up until 1997 was on television. So, when it was released in on uh, uh, in in special in theaters again. I finally was able to experience it in widescreen. So I love the the widescreen aspect of it. Uh, and because there were, when it when it came out, when you would watch it on TV, especially the, the, the one scene that really popped out was the, uh, with the, the Banthas and the Sand People. And you just see a Bantha and you hear Luke saying, there's, oh, there's one now. And you're like, what is he talking about? There's no fucking... There's no fucking sand person there because he was off to the side of the screen. So I loved that they released those on widescreen, and I could I, I to me it was like watching a whole new whole another movie again um, with all the extra stuff. So my uh, my number five is the widescreen aspect uh, because I saw it as one thing for half my life, and now for the for the next half. I was able to see all, so much more. I don't know if that makes sense. If I no, was able it does. to articulate that's, that's that, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, definitely. So it's uh, yeah. It, that that was a big thing when they released it in like what was it ninety three, ninety four on VHS before the special editions. The last time it was released in the the quote original format. I remember on my Christmas list writing, "I, I want this on VHS." in widescreen and my mom got me the pan and scan i was like i want a widescreen <laughs> fucking santa 
Yeah, for fuck's sake, it was a fucking asshole. Doesn't not a goddamn read. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I remember, I remember like having my own little hissy fit. Um, hissy fit. I want the widescreen versions and a gallon of milk. Got it? <laughs> How old were you in ninety three, ninety four, Terry? I was in high school, so I was like sixteen, seventeen. So you, were, you were going nuts at sixteen, seventeen years old. I, I, I mean, I, I was, I was just, I was just a whiny teenager. And so, I, but I remember that. I remember, that. but I, I kept. I didn't, I didn't go and try to bring it back. And and I, I have a feeling my mom didn't even know what that was. Uh, what if you said widescreen? She, I don't know what the hell he's talking about. Poor mother. Yeah, poor mom. She, she gave you nourishment. <laughs> she gave you from, milk from her body now, in nineteen seventy seven. Yeah, and here I am bitching about you know a, a three movies in a box. <laughs> yeah, I, I uh, I'm a way box. But I, I I remember working. You know, I worked at at the what a mall record store in at Borders when VHSs were 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 a thing, and uh, and I remember people coming in and you know we would say, well, we have that movie in widescreen and we have it in pan scan. They're like, uh, what's widescreen? And you say it, and you'd have to say. Uh, it's it has the black it's the black bars on the top of my I'm like oh, I don't like the black bars. Yeah. Now everything we see is widescreen because they finally got around to making TVs in the in the correct aspect ratio. Yeah, so. <laughs> Tim, a good. Uh, I love it when Tim mansplains. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great. Uh, Are we at number four? Yes. All right. The next theme is is the first one was tension and drama. My next theme that Star Wars taught me, and I have an example, is friendship. And when I was little, it was almost like, Chris, you're a 90210. Yeah, it's coming back, supposedly. Yeah, yeah I saw that. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, you, you, you like Dylan, and you like Brandon. Yep. But you liked it most when they were friends. Yeah. And they did stuff together. Mm-hmm. And I think that the developing friendship between Han Solo and Luke Skywalker was a big deal for me and still is. Because you see them meet each other for the first time. And even by the end of that movie, their relationship is different. And how it evolves over two more movies is one of my favorite things about the movie. And my example is the TIE Fighter escape with the uh, guns. When they mm. go up and down the ladder, and uh, don't get cocky, it, right? Yeah, yeah, because it's 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 almost like their relationship has graduated because Luke has proven himself to Han, where he's not just like this farm boy who he can push around. He sees that the kid has some skills and some chutzpah, and he trusts him enough to fight along in this battle. Maybe it's also out of necessity. But it's now more of a relationship and a friendship than it was at the beginning. And by the end, it'll be even more so. So I think one of the things that I really enjoy is that developing friendship. And and I think both of them do a really great job with this. So that's my number four. Damn. And they both really like Rush. <laughs> well, slap a Dubas. I, oh, slap a Dubas. I actually, when I was watching it today, I, I agree with you, Dave. The part where Luke sees Biggs, mm-hmm. and Luke Biggs is Biggs still his best friend at that moment? I guess for, so. For ten more minutes, because <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking that. Because I was like, I see Han and Luke. I was like, they're not really 
I don't know. They're they're forming a friendship, but at that moment, I was just was curious. Like, is he friends more friends with with with? Uh, I almost said Riggs with um Biggs or with Han? Like, who's his his better friend at that moment? Biggs. Yeah, I think you're right. Okay. Because when you live out in the middle of nowhere, you don't have a lot of choice in friends, and he happened to have a couple of good ones. And uh, he barely knew Han at that point. Still, that, that was still developing. Yeah, yeah, I'd say definitely. He think, smiling we talked Tim about that on the show. He doesn't really seem to give a shit when he dies. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah, but okay. Yet. He's like, he's like, that's okay. I made a new one. <laughs> he look, he looks You've to been the left. replaced. <laughs> he looks to the left. Someone's dead. To the right. Someone's dead. He doesn't really show like much. Like oh, like like no, no, nothing. Like he's like. Oh well, there's one, one well, little, two little, the next one's down, you know. He he does. He, there is that. There, there is that little quick like pause, like. <sighs> but then you know you're in the you're in the heat of battle. Okay. You got to keep going. Okay. You know if uh, it's kind of it, it's kind of like this. I'm gonna I'll, I'll talk some civil war. Oh. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay I won't. No, in, in, in the battle in the battle of Stones River, the battle that the the, the battlefield that I that I volunteered at. Uh, the 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 head of the Union Army, his name was uh, Rosecrans, uh-huh. and he had, he had an assistant, right? Uh, and when they went out to view the battle, and his assistant was literally on a horse three feet away from him, and he got his a cannonball took his head off, Boosh. and all this <laughs> blood and brain matter, skadoosh, all this blood and brain matter gets splattered all over. Rosecrans, he's like he has brain all like, and a lot of people thought that he had gotten shot too, but Rosecrans showed no emotion at that moment because a battle is raging around him. You have to, you have to <laughs> com- compartmentalize your emotions in battle. It wasn't oh, until oh man, I shot Rosecrans in the face. <laughs> it was, I, 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 I'm blanking on the, I'm blanking on the, the, the guy's name that got his head shot off. But you Marvin. have to compartmentalize <laughs> Leopold. You 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 compartmentalize your fear and your in your and your horror at what just happened until later, and then yeah, later on he went back to his quarters and was like, "Oh fuck," you know, as he's wiping brain off of his off his shirt, off his shirt. Yeah. I'm a race car in the red, motherfucker. If you if you go to if you go to the visitor center there at the battlefield. Right as you walk into where the video is, there's a, there's this uh, mural, this artist representation, and you see, and you just see this guy with his head exploding, and it's, <laughs> and it's like, and it just says, "Headshot by Cannonball." What's that, it. Mom? So nobody, uh, pe- people don't, uh, people don't notice it. I have to, I, I would have to point out, no, right over there, is yeah. where man, and then there's there's a little marker out on the battlefield that says, you know, th- this is where he got his head shot off. Mm. God. So I'm anyway, sure, I'm sure little Ricky will be visiting there soon. <laughs> he should be. He visited his grave up down in uh, DC. If you do, minus, buy minus buy some head. raw meat and put a piece of meat on on the guy on little Ricky's head. Oh. <laughs> I won't be doing that. But uh, but anyway, but yeah, that 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 I think that that kind of explains why Luke is not showing a whole lot of emotion. I don't know. He didn't really care. But I think I think if Biggs I think if Biggs uh did survive I think he and Luke would have been best buddies again. They would have been like gallivanting around the universe together. And Han would have been jealous in the background. I think yeah, Han. Probably. I think Han would have would have. I actually, I think Han probably would have left sooner. I think I, I don't. I, he. I, I think I think Han. We would, Han wouldn't be on Empire Strikes Back if uh, if Big survived because I think 
Well, I'm glad he's dead. <laughs> yeah. I think Biggs and Luke would have got an apartment, but the only one they could find was in a hotel for women. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who is it? Blaming the part of on solo and Empire Strikes Back will now be played by Billy Joel. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hate going next now after that to Dave's because that was good. You're actually going after Tim's Civil War list at lesson. I am so. after the fucking Meathead. <laughs> that was his nickname, Old Meathead Rosencrantz. Old me- <laughs> <laughs> All right, my number four. All right, don't laugh at me. Um, A New Hope is one of the greatest movies ever, and this line everyone knows. It's when Leia, you know, help me with one Kenobi, my only hope, gets you know shot out of R 2s little hole, and. <laughs> <laughs> It's just, it's just, it's the moment of all moments. It's just, you know, that's what Luke looks at her and kind of like falls in love maybe with her or something. Or, ooh, she's cute. (laughs) Sure. Has some feeling. Something's tingling down below, maybe. (laughs) But that that scene is just, it's so classic. That's that's the whole scene that, you know, that kind of starts everything. And then (laughs) this old man, hey, join me, you know, immediately. Join Little creepy. Yeah. You must come with me. You must come on me. <laughs> <laughs> Here's your Is that a great dragon in your pants? Are you happy to see her? Wow. And then his, and then his penis went... <laughs> <laughs> it's just... It's, 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 I, I get, you know, I get gooseys when I, when, I when I see that scene in that moment. It's, it's a classic scene. So that's my number four. It's not, you know, no brain matter on a, on a, on a soldier's head, but, you know. <laughs> well, let me tell you about uh, the Battle of uh, Antietam. No. no. <laughs> um, all right. Tim, what, what, what's yours? Number four. Uh, I, I have a feeling this is going to show up on w- at least one of your lists. Um, the opening shot with the star destroyer going overhead mm. is i mean it's it's it honestly is one of the most iconic shots in film history and i think it's 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 one of the shots like as soon as as soon as you read the the opening crawl and you see that you're you're in it you're you're all in that's this i think that's the scene that pulls everybody in and it's right there first thing you see it pulls you right into the movie and you're there um, you're you're immediately put into the action, and uh, and yeah, and it's 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 been replicated many times, uh, probably best by Spaceballs, but mm. um, and they they would show it even in uh, even in other Star Wars movies they've they've tried to to kind of mirror they, they replicated it. yeah like yeah. in in uh, uh, one of them it was you you see you see the Star Destroyer and then it's all of a sudden, there's an even bigger Star Destroyer. Yeah. And then there's something like even a, bigger. A shadow on top of a shadow of another uh, Star Destroyer. Yeah. yeah. So they, they, they try to one-up it. But the original is the best. Um, the, 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 opening, the opening shot of the Star Destroyer going overhead. That is a good one, man. And I, I'm an asshole for not having a night on you, my list. You is an asshole. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great one. <laughs> All right. Well, my number three. And continuing my themes that Star Wars taught me, this one, I guess you would call the theme loss, and even by extension, death. 
um, the death of family in a in a movie. This is probably, and I'm speaking of Baru and uh, Uncle Owen, the first death I ever experienced on in a movie as a four year old. I mean, I don't remember watching. I know for a lot of people our age, it was like watching Bambi's mother get shot and things like that. Yeah. And that stuff has a profound effect on children. And for me, it wasn't Bambi's mother. It was seeing those two burn skeletons. I remember, I remember really being not only frightened, but sad and already learning what storytelling was about because George Lucas taught me what it was about. And then Steven Spielberg would teach me what it was about. And I really think that this is probably the first time I saw anyone die. Not that you see it, but you know what I mean? Right, right. And, and his reaction to it and his moment of mourning before you realize he has nothing in the world anymore. He is completely alone. He was an orphan before and you know now he's really alone. So I, I remember the feeling of that. Uh, and and I think that it had an effect on me. So that's it, it's the 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 what do, what do they call that the Lars Homestead? Yeah. And the death of his aunt and uncle. That the and and learning what loss meant in a movie. So why did that bother you? But not when Fipio is tossing Jawa corpses in a big thing of fire. <laughs> I don't think I knew that's what was going on when okay. I was little. <laughs> they they don't they don't look like bodies. It it to me it, looks like it just looks. It's, yeah. yeah, it looks like it's like they're throwing rugs. Yeah. on yeah. a fire. You know. Yeah, it's and it's they, it's not as it's not as explicit as like in the uh, Schindler's uh, List when you see the girl in the red coat going into a pyre. It's not not quite that explicit. And your point is good. It it, it actually is a great point. I I either didn't know that that was, was happening or it didn't mean as much because I knew that those things were fake. Well, why? Not that I thought any of this was really happening, but this right. was a human skeleton, and it scared me. Why do you think they were burning the Jawas for? Like, what was that? What was that purpose? Burning like ten Jawas. Yeah, that 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 seemed a that seemed a little weird to take the time. I, well, maybe maybe it was just to kill the time. Well, we gotta wait for Luke to come back. Maybe they were cold and they just want to make a fire. <laughs> <laughs> Let's burn these little stinky things. But what's weird is I I watched it today and in that scene, the first thing that popped in my head, I was I was looking at the skeletons, like thinking, all right, which ones Owen, oh, which ones Baru? Like just seeing how the, how yeah. they were running and laying down, like who was who. Look at look at the just look at the hips. <laughs> Owen's b- wide hips, birthing hips. Owen had birthing hips. <laughs> I remember being a little bit older and getting it on. We don't have it on videotape till like we were. I didn't have a VCR till we were like in seventh grade. That would have been like, oh, like nineteen eighty five. So all that time later, seeing it on video and having a reaction to that, I don't know why. Because at that point, I had seen you know much scarier things like poltergeist and things like that. Right. Maybe because it's so out of place in Star Wars. And they're still smoking. They're still like like steaming up, you know, the bodies. Yeah, like he just. I mean, had he been here, there he would have died too. We've talked about that on the show. Yeah, yeah. The, no Star. That, no Star Wars. Yeah, that scene's all about timing. Had he been just a little earlier, no Star Wars. Do you I don't know. do you think the closer he got, he could smell something? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I do. Yeah. That's the unmistakable smell of Aunt and Uncle. 
<laughs> I'm trying to find my Star Wars storybook. I don't I don't know what what happened to it. I'm looking to see if if those if pictures of the burning bodies are in there, but I, I don't I can't see my storybook. I don't know where it's at. Oh well. Alright. Where were we at? Is it me? Is it number number three, yeah. Number three. Number three to me is I still I get goosies. I even get kind of like watery eyed. It's one of the most classic scenes in A New Hope, and it's 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 done it's done a lot in, in other in the other Star Wars films, kind of thing. But it doesn't have the emotion that this has, and it's mostly because of John Williams and the music that they does the um the um twin sons when Luke's standing there looking at him, mm. and that fucking music just goes real loud. I don't care. You could you could be the evilest person walking the planet. That scene makes you feel it. Right. How it's humming, how he's looking, and his fucking hair is super long, blowing in the wind. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of the way he kind of looks down and then looks up yeah. again. Yeah. And and the and the wind blows his hair out of his face. That binary sunset theme. You're right. Yeah. It's it's so like he's you know, he's saying, Fuck, am I stuck here for life? Or am I going to come back tomorrow and have two dead, have a dead, burn aunt and uncle? I <laughs> have to wait here a whole other year. Right. I wish someone would burn them so I can get off this fucking planet. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that scene is just so, it's so moving. It's so, it's, it's yeah. so, so great. That's my number. I don't talk as long as Dave does on his ones. <laughs> that's when that's not a, that's not a bad thing. I took too long. No, I, I, I like, I actually sit and listen. <laughs> Like, now let me tell you all about the Civil War. Now, yeah, <laughs> the Battle of Chickamauga in the September of eighteen sixty-three, <laughs> just three short months after. Tim, would you ever do a a Civil War in character? Uh, it would be fun. <laughs> fun for let me. me tell you about Nathan Bedford Forrest, that son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Tim, what's your three? Uh, actually, mine is the same as yours. The binary sunset. No. Uh, yeah, I uh, yeah that that scene is is fantastic for the cinematography, the special effect of the two suns. Mm-hmm. I buy it. That looks fucking real. That looks like a real goddamn two suns setting. <laughs> two suns. Yes, Tim, you're you're absolutely right. It it's uh, I mean it's it, it it's you you don't you don't question for for a moment that that's a special effect and to me that's real that that's actually two sons then the music is fantastic the lighting you can tell they they shot that like right as they were about to lose light for the day they're like yeah. Lucas probably like I'll get Luke out there on that that thing there and we'll shoot this real quick all right one two three uh okay done <laughs> that's a wrap. Uh, but no, I, uh, that's the, yeah, it's, it, it, it's, it's, it's another one of those, those moments every like five minutes in that movie, there's like something iconic that sticks with you. And that, that particular scene is the music, the shot, mm-hmm. the two sons, the, the feeling of, uh, desperation and, and hopelessness, uh, is, is fantastic. I love it. Excellent. All right. Number two, number two. This this is my my number one is is something totally different. So this would be my last theme or last lesson that the original Star Wars taught me, and that lesson is the idea of redemption. Huh. And I think that every movie that I've ever seen since, I look for that in a movie. I look for characters who start out one way, maybe don't make all the best decisions. 
but they have a redemption scene. That's always the most triumphant scene in any movie to me, where someone can redeem themselves. And the example of that is the moment of Han Solo's return during the Battle of Yavin. Mm. Because you've written him off, even though he says he knows what he's doing, and he tries to make up with Luke. Um, It's that shot of the Falcon flying Mm -hmm. in front of that star, and him yelling, and the line, and the Death Star blowing up is the icing on the cake, but it's the fact that he came back at all. Yeah. It's it's his redemption as a character, and I think that that goes on even more and more throughout the movies from going from... We talk about this on a show a lot. Like I think his story arc is the best in the films, more than Vader's, more than Luke's, more than anybody's, because he goes from a selfish scoundrel to... A hero of the rebellion. That's why, and one of the reasons that I really, really didn't like what they did with this character in the new movies, because I feel like they betrayed some of that redemption that he had achieved. He had earned all that, and they took it away. So uh, I, I think that's the that idea of his redemption is uh, really the second greatest thing that I love about A New Hope. That is fucking good one, dude. If only he had just come back 15 minutes earlier, Luke would have a, still have his best friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Why didn't you say, where were you 10 minutes ago? You yeah. know? <laughs> it's because of you! <laughs> <laughs> but that's, yeah, that's, 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 I, 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 I all right. I'm, I'm num- my number two. I think, for some reason, I think Dave and I have our ones and twos swap, maybe. I don't know. I'm just, I'm guessing. My number two, I'm just, I can't pick a scene. From this scene. I'm combining the whole when you see it till they leave it. it is the fucking cantina. Everything in there. The the creatures. We finally meet Han. The whole, you know, wars man and everything and, and the arm and, and sorry about the mess and there's everything in that cantina. You still you, you can watch it on the first day and then hundred days later you see something different every fucking time. And it's it's so Everything in that scene is so perfect. It's so like, look at that, look at that, what's that, holy shit. It's so good. The cantina moment for me, and they can't top it, and whenever we're talking to clones, the whole death stick bar, whatever that's called, and <laughs> the other bars and shit that they have. <laughs> the fucking Blue Oyster, I don't know. Everything in the... In the, <laughs> the outlander. <laughs> Just the cantina, you can't top it. No, Nothing after that, no other movie, the creatures and whatnot, cannot top the cantina scene. Everything, the whole Greedo, everything. Except for Han moving to the left a little bit. That's kind of dumb. But <laughs> To the left, to the left, to the left. <laughs> moving to the left. Oh, Cupid. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's a major a New Hope moment is the whole can- the creature cantina for me. Number Excellent. Two. Timmy? Are you looking over my shoulder? Because no! the cantina scene is my number two. We um well, I think well, I, I think technically they did a better job of creating a cantina scene in Return of the Jedi in terms of the the the, the makeup and the costumes I and that sort of stuff. With that. Yes, the whole creature. But yeah, there's something very earnest about the cantina where it it is kind of slapdash, and I like that. I like that you could see where the budget constraints were, but there's something about it that that. It, you, you you pull for it just a little bit more because it was done kind of on the cheap 
and uh, and it was just basically people wearing really bad uh, Halloween masks. But yeah. I that's what I like about it. I, I like I like that that it's it feels tangible. It's um, I mean they I, as we said they've 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 every just about every Star Wars movie since they've tried to include a sequence with this. And some are good, some are not as good, uh, and some are just downright terrible. But you know, this is this is the template, and yeah, I, I love it. It's I love I love all those characters, and we've talked about two thirds of them already on this show. So when when you watch when we watch the movies now, we're like, oh, this guy has a really kick ass record collection, or this guy <laughs> over here, you know, drinks Greedo's head later. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's it's stuff like that, which I think is a lot of fun. Is is every everybody has a has a story in there, and even though we didn't learn those stories until years later, when you watch that movie, even if it's the first time you've seen it, you immediately in the back of your mind thinking, all these fuckers have their own goddamn stories. Yeah, yeah. and I think that's that's really what the basis of everything that's come out Star Wars that hasn't been film related has been based on is everybody in this fucking movie has a backstory, and that's and that, and that actually prompted this this damn podcast for for better or worse. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. This is it, Dave. Number one. This is this is the greatest thing in our opinions about a new hope. Yes. Okay. You guys have already touched on this a little. And Leia's I, tits. No <laughs> brawls touch, in space. You touched on them? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I've touched other tits and pretended Leia. What? <laughs> Do tell. I was one in a, one month and <laughs> one in <laughs> I was watching a new hope. For the first time as one-year-old. <laughs> this just got really strange. <laughs> My first words, Leia! <laughs> uh, oh, my goodness. Well, my number one is just the music. And I'm, I'm a musical person, and I love music anyway, but I think that this is one of the reasons why. This soundtrack is the barometer against which everything will forever be measured from 1977 till the day I die. And part of the reason that I love it so much is not only did I get to enjoy it because there isn't, it's not like, you know, like you listen to some soundtracks that are score, there's the great themes. And then there's ones you just skip Mm -hmm. like any album. I mean, Tim's a, Tim is a, is a music God. He knows everything about music and I guarantee you, there's very few albums that are perfect albums where you don't skip any. Maybe, maybe, maybe I shouldn't speak for Tim, but there are a few that, you know, maybe there's 15 songs on it, and every one of them is a winner. You skip a couple. Yeah. You don't skip anything on this soundtrack. Everything is perfect. And the thing that solidified this to me forever is getting to share it with my son when I was working a half an hour away from where I live and my son was going to uh, preschool. He was in the car seat behind me and I was the DJ every day. And we listened to anything from John Williams to the Wiggles to (laughs) Elvis Presley to Ice Cube. You know, we did it all within reason. 
<laughs> he would play America, America's Most Wanted by Ice Cube. Yeah. America's Most Wanted. He was literally like, fuck the police. Fuck the police. You fuck them. So this was a big deal, I think, in sharing with my son as well. And he is he is a very talented musician himself. And I'm not saying that this is reason why, but I can't help but think it helped contribute to it because – he got to hear some of the finest music ever from one of the finest composers ever. And I think it enriches all of our lives. And that's my number one. Uh, that's, that's, that's a real good one, Dave. The music. No, he's, he's, you're, I mean, John Williams, I mean, Christ, he's, he, it's cool. They, like, even Luke, like, he knew, he knows the freaking Jaws theme, the Raiders theme, the Superman theme, the Star Wars theme. He knows all the themes because, like, you, and when he was a kid, I just popped it in and, and played it constantly, you know? You know? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It became his sound. Uh, it was like the soundtrack to our lives. Yeah. And it became the soundtrack to our kids' lives, too. Yeah. That's a good one. All killer, no filler. <laughs> Are there any perfect albums, Tim? You know what? The, the, I was trying to think of, of one, and uh, it, the, the first thing that popped on my head was Weezer's The Green Album. Okay. No skippers on there? It's 28 minutes long. Every song is fantastic. Zoop, right, and, and as soon as it's over, you're like, I'm going to play that again. Bloop. That and uh, Black Crow's uh, Southern Harmony and Musical Companion, their, their second album. That's, a, that's another one that's just everything from beginning to end. All right, those are two. Those are two off the top of my head. I, I knew said, you'd have one. I would have said "Nervous Night," but you know, <laughs> "Nervous Night." That's just there is a there is a one or two of them. I'm like, yeah, next. Even even Thriller. There's a few in Thriller. That. I Thriller really is. It's the singles with, and there's like two or three other songs. Half that album is 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 dated and unlistenable. Yeah, I I, I agree with that. Yeah, Bad is a better record than Thriller, if you ask me. Nobody asked Lib- Liberian girl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Mine would be LL Cool J, Bigger and Deffer. Oh, There's is that a- is that with uh, Knock You Out? No. The, the Bigger and Deffer is uh, I'm Bad. And oh. that was from one. I mean, that was, the, I guess, the only single off there that actually anybody heard was I Need Love. I need that was like love. His, his love ballad, you know. Yeah. When I'm alone in my room, sometimes I stare at the wall. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that that album, oh, my God. I think I went through a couple copies of that because that sucker wore out and it would snap. And he'd be like, shit, take me to the mall. The, 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 the Great Adventures of Slick Rick. A lot of da. A lot of da. A lot of da. Hey. My number one was already said. Hmm. By the one who's the smartest one on this podcast right now, Dave. Him. Is it, is it widescreen? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's the whole Han Solo comes in and saves the day at the end. When he says Yahoo and the star behind him and, you know, it's everything you said, Dave, is just perfect. He comes back. You think he's gone. He comes back. Fuck Biggs. He's dead. I'm the new Biggs now. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just it's just perfect. Oh hell, new big in town. <laughs> <laughs> it it is one of the greatest moments in film history because and it's like it's partly Lucas too. The it's it's the shot of the star. Mm-hmm. It's the it's the woohoo. It's the you're all clear, kid. Let's blow this thing and go home. Yeah. As the Death Stars are firing up, and it it goes right from that with the dun 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 yeah. dun dun dun. The music and the, 
Yeah. And the <laughs> yeah, it is a combination of all those things raining down on your eyeballs and your ear holes mm-hmm. that you can't deny. Do you know? Was I was telling Luke that we were doing a top five uh, New Hope scenes, and he said, he said, I know what what your number one is. And I was like, what? He goes, Yan, yeah, yeah, Yan. He said, Han saying Yahoo, Flying Donna. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I said, buddy, that's exactly my number one. Well, so, he's a smart kid. Yeah, I don't know about it. <laughs> <laughs> he don't listen to this podcast, so I can say whatever I want. No. Oh, okay. But yeah, that's that's just that's that's a scene where the whole movie you're looking forward to it, and then it's like there, it's like oh my god, this, that's 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 Han. That's why I love Han Solo. Yep, can't argue with it. Tim, what's your number one? My number one is Darth Vader. Mm, he no is him, yeah. just Darth Vader in general. The introduction of him. He is the greatest movie villain of all time. There is no no movie villain greater than him. I don't care what any of you, you Marvel bitches say about Thanos. <laughs> no. Darth Vader is the original, the best, the forever greatest movie villain that has ever been and ever will be. Um, because there's there, even if Star Wars was its own own movie, and and there were there were no sequels or anything after that, the mystery behind it, the just every there's just the 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 spark of imagination of who is this dude, what's he doing, why is he this way, what is he going to do next? Oh, is he going to die in space? You know, you're he's he's on the, he's on the movie for less than 5% of the entire screen time of the movie, but he's, he's really on your mind the whole time. Darth Vader. He's the B. He really is the, the best 100% best aspect of star Wars. If it wasn't for him, if even, even, even if they had Darth Vader, but they showed it, let's, let's say, let's say they took this, the, the Dryden Voss character from, uh, solo, and put him into Star Wars as Darth Vader. I think Star Wars would would not have been a hit. I think the, the, the everything about him, the look, the voice, everything. If you put if you put a different look, different character in there, you using the same lines and everything, the movie would not have worked as you, well as. Do you it, give as, um, as, James O. Jones credit for for it being that, or or Dave Prowse? Uh, most honestly, James Earl Jones. Yeah, that's uh, what I was going to say. <laughs> I mean, Dave, Dave, Prowse, I mean, not, not to Dave, Dave Prowse did a fine job of walking and, <laughs> but that's a nice way of saying it. Okay. I mean, he, he, he but honestly, we, we've had, we've had several Vader's since that have all done fine jobs. I think the, the Spence, Spencer Wielding does a good job, uh, as, but when you, when you watch, you can, you can, if you really pay attention, you can, you can tell the differences between all the people playing Darth Vader um, in these movies. But, uh, but I think, I think uh, Spencer wielding just that short scene we see at the end of Rogue one is the closest we've seen to the original Vader uh, in terms of look and, and movement. But, uh, but yeah, I think uh, Darth Vader is, is the, the best thing to come out of star Wars. It's, he's the, if it wasn't for him, the toys probably wouldn't have, have taken off as much because you had this really cool, figure that you needed to have you could have han luke leia and stormtroopers but if you didn't have vader it was like what was the point 
So everyone had to have Vader. So basically Vader is the thing that sold, ended up selling billions and billions of dollars worth of toys. It's just that one character. Um, Darth Vader, number one. Numero uno. I agree with that. I agree with that. There you go. Nice job. Anyone have any honorable mentions? The only thing I have, this is dumb, that's why I didn't put on my list, but (laughs) I look forward to this too, and one day I want one of these. It is that badass yellow leather jacket that Luke wears Uh, in the throne room. That is the finest garment I've ever seen in my life. And I think they have. I I think someone made that. Yeah, you uh, could buy that. It's they're they're a few hundred bucks, but they're they're out there. Yeah, I love that jacket. It's a cool jacket. I I had I had a few that was very said. I had Vader's entrance. I had I have burnt Lars. Mm. Um, I like the whole. I don't even know if people die. I like the whole Alderaan scene. Um, yeah. I like when they actually rescue Leia um, out of the jail cell, and for some reason, I like I like. The the um, little uh, hidden compartments on the Falcon. <laughs> I always like cool. when they when they were all just pop down. There's Chewie's head, and then they pet him. <laughs> Han puts his he puts his weed and his porn down there. Just, I just think that's just so like holy. Sh- and then even on the toy, you remember when you could, you could do it on the toy and hide whatever you wanted to, to hide in there? GI Joe figures or your porn, yeah. you know. <laughs> but that's, little, Tijuana, little Tijuana Bibles you find in the men's room at. Kmart. Hey, okay, I'm gonna put this down there. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, and I actually like the the scene. I like it more the original version when before they <clears> added <throat> 400 stormtroopers when Han runs down the hallway. And yeah. you know that's just always Han Solo for you. But then when he turns the corner and there's like 500 people, I'm like, oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, see, I, I I think I think that that's that that that, that that's an improvement. It gives yeah. a reason. It's like it's like if he turns in and there's only like three stormtroopers there. It's like why is he turning around and running away like? Aah! Because he's already seen a bunch of stormtroopers. He's, like, he nah, has a, nah, he's nah, got nah, a gun. Nah. He can take a few shots at these guys. Right. Um, my uh, my honorable mention. I just have one. Is and and you. Some people may disagree with this. I like that they have the special editions and they have continued to tinker with the movies. Um. Not and and I don't think all of the results have been have been fantastic. I, th- I don't think all of the results are good even, but it keeps the movie fresh. It keeps you talking about the movie. It keeps your interest in the movies up when some of these changes come out. So it's like, Oh, well now I got to watch that and see, see how that looks. And then you talk about it. And then we've talked about a bunch of things here on the show. Um, I like that. They've done that. I like that. They've modernized some things. Um, and it, it just it just keeps the movie fresh, uh, you know. If, uh, there aren't there aren't many movies over say we'll say over thirty years old that can that still retain that freshness when you watch it now. Star Wars, I think, is one of those movies that still is a pretty modern and contemporary movie. I think when we first saw them coming out in, in theaters, like we I think we had a blast checking out all the new fucking scenes that was yeah. added in. It, it never really some. It, it doesn't really bother. A few are like the whole Jabba when he walks on the Jabba's tail. Like that's <clears> yeah, it's not the greatest. Some of the yeah, there's some there's some groans, but yeah. they, they I mean they've even improved that over over time. It's not perfect, but it's you know it's it's part of the story now. We we don't really question it 
as much. You know, when you when you see that scene, when you see that scene, you know that that's an inserted one. But there are some inserted and changed scenes that, to me, as I watch them now, they feel like they've always been there. Right. So little stuff like that. All right. Well, let's go back, Dave. Go from five to one, real fast. Give us your list again. Five was tension. And my example was a trash compactor. Four was friendship, and it was Han and Luke's developing one. Three was loss, and it was the death of Owen and Beru. Two was redemption and the return of Han Solo. And number one was John Williams's unbelievably sublime score. Damn good list, dude. Mm. My five was a trash compactor. My four was helping Obi-Wan Kenobi look at my tits. <laughs> number three was the um, double sons burning the burnt lars um, number two was the cantina beginning to end number one was yahoo kid both are saying let's go home yeah, my number five was it was in widescreen mm. <laughs> my number four the opening shot with the with the star destroyer number three the binary sunset number two the cantina scene from beginning to end and everything in between. And uh, number one, Darth Vader. Now, Dave, I, when we first started recording, which I know this is a positive episode, and I, is there anything of A New Hope that you that you like, uh you don't like? No. Okay, okay, good. I wasn't sure because you were like, I always talk bad, but I was hoping there wasn't anything that you, you hated about. No, no. I, do, I mean, if... I I just can't think of a single thing. The uh, and and you're right about some of the additions of the special editions. Um, that I thought that they did add some stuff. I do not like the Jabba the Hut thing. Yeah. But I mean, just because of, just because of the technology of what Jabba looked like, I would have probably liked it if they had kept the guy and. Right. Try to wreck wreck on it somehow. Yeah, right. That that, that, that was <laughs> just take De- Declan Mulholland and then <laughs> Return of the Jedi. Just take scenes of him and blow him up so he's like fifty <laughs> feet tall. <laughs> yeah, like Mister Creosote and um, Money Python. They could have <laughs> yeah. made him into that. Other than that, no, there's there isn't a single thing to complain about. It's a perfect it's, film. It's great. Yeah, I knew there was money than money. <laughs> 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 and then he, then he, they supposedly when they yell carry or something. Remember that? Uh, like, remember? I think he's just saying. I think he's saying, "Hey!" Yeah, he's saying, "Hey!" But he thinks, "Hey!" And then Han and Luke look at one another like, "Are they going to kiss?" <laughs> Big's gone. <laughs> yeah, Big's gone. <laughs> I didn't like his mustache. Yeah, but um, but Dave, I want to thank you for being on this episode. I want to thank you for asking me. <laughs> yeah. So is that that's his way of saying to him that we got to ask him and he'll be on. Well, if that's if that's all it takes, <laughs> we we will depends, be doing. Uh, that's what you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> we will be doing Empire Strikes Back next. So, uh, so yeah, we got that. Uh, that'll be the next hope. The next best of fives, and so, then after that, Return of the Jedi, and then uh, then we'll probably do if we could find them the Ewoks movies and Clone Wars, and then that's it. And the holiday, holiday special. special. And the holiday special. All right, well, thanks for listening. This is Best of Fives. Uh, start with the character crossover, and we'll see you next time. We'll do Empire Strikes Back. Thanks for listening to Star Wars in Character. Star Wars in Character is part of the NeoZaz.com network of podcasts. 
For more great podcasts and original entertainment, please visit www.neozaz.com. Star Wars In Character is not affiliated with nor endorsed by Lucasfilm Limited or 20th Century Fox. Star Wars and all Star Wars universe characters, places, or Star Wars related items are the copyright of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. Visit www.swic.neozaz.com for the latest Star Wars in character episodes and information.